guys, welcome back to the Weird on Purpose podcast. I'm your weird roommate, Noelle, and today's episode is a solo cast featuring me, myself, and Miss Sally over here, my sweet kitty. Um, Erica is living it up in Dallas, and I'm sure we will get to hear all about her trip next week when she comes back. Um, today's a hard day, guys. Um, I'm recording this on Saturday, October 6th, and of course, if uh, you've been watching the news at all, you probably know about... The, um, Supreme Court, um, I know, the Supreme Court nomination, um, of Brett Kavanaugh, of course, has been, has been confirmed and passed, which is a very big loss for women, um, a very big loss for minorities, and I didn't want to talk about, I had a different plan in mind for this episode, actually, I wanted to talk about some spooky stuff, um, nothing spookier than living in a country where I know that my rights are in jeopardy every single day. So that's that's a scary story. Um, it's a very hard thing when you love your country, but you're very disappointed in it. Um, I love America, and I think America has a lot of potential. I think America is a beautiful place, but I think that America lets me and people like me down quite a bit. Um, I... I, I'm, of course, I'm a, I'm a bisexual woman. I am a fat woman. Um, I'm a bisexual woman in a uh, heterosexual marriage. Um, I, I don't deny the privilege that I do have being white passing. I am mixed race, but I, I don't for a second deny that I am incredibly white passing and the privilege that I do have because of it. Um, it's a very scary thing knowing that we are we're heading very far back in time. Um, this isn't this isn't I don't know I'm not really great with words. I just it's a scary thing, um, and I just want to say to anybody who's listening, maybe stumbled upon us, don't really know what we're about, um, who supports Kavanaugh and his 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 absolutely idiotic anti-abortion crusade. Overturning Roe v. Wade isn't going to stop abortion. It's going to stop safe abortions. It's going to kill women everywhere. It's going to lead to back alley abortions. It's going to lead... This is a, I, I want to give a big trigger warning now because I, I will be talking about some graphic things. And, of course, I feel so bad for not giving one before, but a big trigger warning for abortion. Um, so I'm going to give a little pause so you can skip forward maybe about a minute and a half. Um, but it's not going to stop anything. And it's funny, these same people who are like, well, you cannot lock guns because people are going to get them anyway. (laughs) Outlawing abortion is not going to stop it. It's just going to make it more dangerous. It's going to lead to coat hanger abortions. It's going to lead to very, it's going to lead to, 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 to danger and, and harm and 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 the death of of many women everywhere and being a single issue voter is a very irresponsible thing it is a very stupid thing having one issue in mind when you vote is not having the betterment of your country in mind and you need to educate yourself you need to i hate to say it you need to be a, a better smarter person you need to put the lives of of your fellow countrymen and women in uh, in perspective and it's just a very it's a sad day it's a sad day here it's a scary day here as a woman 
who, in the event of a pregnancy for me, this, I, I don't really want to go too in-depth into my condition. It's, it's a very, it's a bit of a private matter, but in the event of a pregnancy for me, well, while the chance is slim to none, um, it could be a life-threatening situation. And I, I know very well that there are people out there who don't care about that. They, they don't, no abortion ever is allowed. I, I have a, I have, I have a written form, basically, that's my only kind of solace that unfortunately states in the event of that my life matters more than the fetus. So luckily I, I have that and my husband and I have always agreed to that. Um, but there are women out there who aren't, aren't as lucky and who don't know that that, that, that it could be putting them in danger. And to deny women like me and women like that the, the, the ability to keep on living, it's just, it's, it's absolutely despicable. To say that rape victims, rape survivors, to say that victims of incest should still be forced to bear that child is a disgusting mindset. And you will never, and, and specifically men, I'm sorry I'm calling you out, you'll never understand. Cis, cisgendered men specifically, you will never understand. So you don't get a voice. You don't get a voice in abortion. You don't get a voice in women's, white, women, women's rights. You don't get a voice in, in what I do with my body and what I do with my uterus. You don't get an opinion. You fucking don't. And if you're, you're offended by that or you're bothered by that, I wish I could tell you I was sorry, but I'm not. Because this isn't your fight. This isn't your, this isn't your problem. And that's why you don't care. Because it's not your fucking problem. It'll never affect you until your frat, frat boy son knocks up a, a, a poor girl, some, some poor girl at a fucking party. Then it's your problem when he quietly asks her to have an abortion, but he's still gonna be outwardly against them. I'm getting real heavy here, so we're gonna talk about something else. I apologize that this took a little bit of a, a little bit of a rough start, a little bit of a dark turn to begin with. Um, so. We're going to talk about something completely different, something off topic, so that I can be happy for a for even just a moment. Post Malone got a haircut. Um, still looking like a grade A fucking snack, though. Absolutely. I, I'm, he's my problematic fave. One of my many. I can't help myself. Um, but yeah, no, he got a, got a haircut. Looking good. Um, I actually think it looks really, really, really good on him. Didn't realize his hair was that curly. It's very cute. Very, very cute. Like, little cutie, cutie fro. Um, some, some other things in the news that are fucking hysterical to me. Um, <laughs> so Banksy, as you know, the artist Banksy, thank Mr. Banky. Um, <laughs> he have, has the iconic girl with balloon painting, which is, of course, the, it's like a, almost looks screen printed. And it's a little girl, and she's reaching her hand out, and it's a heart-shaped balloon. Um, well, today it's <laughs> it's sold at an auction for $1.3 million. And as soon as the auction price was accepted, and they were like, oh, yeah, it's sold. Um, the frame it was held in 
just started shredding it. Like, I'm not exaggerating. I'm watching a little video of it right now on Instagram. It just started shredding it. And if that's not Banksy as fuck, I really don't know what it is. I think... I hate, like, to be that person. I think that, that some... I, street art is a very great thing. I very much... I, I live in Reno, of course, in the Midtown District. We have a lot of really great street art and street sculptures. And even downtown, there's lots of murals and it's fun. Um, I think that some like big street artists can be so pretentious and Banksy is one of them and I think that is the just one of the most pretentious like edgy things I've ever seen and I still can't I think it's the funniest fucking thing like that is hysterical to me that it's just oh <laughs> here's all this money um we're just gonna shred this shit it looks like it's mostly intact um it's definitely ruined like of course it's shredded <laughs> shredded um, <laughs> sorry, this episode is going to be a lot of me rambling. Um, I don't really have a direction for today. I just know that it's just me. So enjoy that for the next however many minutes. This episode will probably be a pretty short one. Oh God, it's only been nine minutes and I still got to talk forever. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I think that it's, it's, it's fucking hilarious. Like, I think street art is very cool, but it's just... I don't know, there's something about it that's just so, I don't know, edgy to me, I think is the word I'm looking for. Um, so yeah, what the fuck am I even talking about right now? Lots of cool stuff. Um, I guess a cool thing to talk about. So I, as a kid, like we're going to switch gears here for a while, um, so as a kid, I like a teenager, I went to a lot of local concerts here in town. Like, speaking of the local scene, um, I've been to some pretty cool-ass concerts. I've been to a lot of concerts. My first concert when I was, I think, like, 12 years old, um, I met this girl in the seventh grade. Super cool chick. We're still kind of friendly. Like, we were, like, best friends for a while, but, you know, still kind of friendly. Cool chick. Um, we, first day I met her, she was like, hey, do you want to, like go to a Seether concert with me? And I was like, yeah, I do, because I was, I was in the main prime of my budding, or not in the main prime, I was in the, I was in the budding stage of my emo phase. Um, oh, that's a good thing. We'll talk about some stuff here in a moment. But um, I was in the budding stages of my emo phase, and I was really into Broken by Seether and Amy Lee of Flyleaf. So... That was a really good concert. Um, we were up really close to the front, and I remember it was me and her, and we were both about 12, and then her mom and some of her mom's friends. And her mom's friends were all dudes, which, you know, whatevs. Cool, like, cool dudes. Um, and I'd never been to a concert, so I didn't know what a mosh pit was. And, you know, Seether's playing. I think it was this band, like, Rev Theory was playing. They were pretty good. Um... So Rev Theory's playing, and all of a sudden people start moshing and shoving each other towards the front, and I was like, oh, this is it, this is going to die. And this, like, I kind of got scared, and the <laughs> one of the guys put his arm around me, he's like, it's okay, it's okay. Yeah, it freaked me out really bad. I vividly remember that dude, though, like, being like, no, it's cool, it's okay. And I was like, okay, yeah, what a dude, what a guy. Making making sure I don't cry. Didn't mean for that to rhyme. Oh, God, okay. <laughs> um... I've been to a lot of concerts. I can't think of any ones that I've been to. That, oh, you, I went to oh, the worst worst show I've ever seen um when I was like 
13 or so. I know this was when Erica and I first started being friends. We were still in middle school. Um, we went to see Blood on the Dance Floor. And I think this was after, like, the whole Dobby Vanity, like, pedophilia thing. Because he's fucking gross. Um, and I think it was just Jay or whatever. I don't know any of their names except for Dobby because I was a, I was a teenage scene queen. Um... He's just, like, drunk out of his fucking mind. Like, this man was performing, and he was absolutely splasted, like, fucking plastered drunk, just hopping around, singing into a microphone with auto-tune. It was a fucking train wreck, but I thought it was cool at the time because I was supposed to, like, blood on the dance floor because I was an emo kid. Um, <laughs> so I went to some local shows that were pretty cool. I've been to some basement shows. Um, there's old... I think they, they were pretty popular, like amongst like I know they were pretty popular here in the west coast but I don't know necessarily how popular they got elsewhere um but AFB was a big one um they were like a straight edge band their music's really edgy and 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 drug free (laughs) I mean you know not the worst um that was a pretty cool basement show some other cool shows that I've seen. Um, there's this one band. I don't know if they're even still together. Um, I feel like they had like a reunion thing. And then that like fell apart. Um, cool band here. Got pretty, I think it got pretty popular in the West Coast. I remember a girl from New York who liked them really, really much. Really much. God, speak of the English. <laughs> a girl who from New York that I was friends with on MySpace. Um, who was pretty familiar with them. Um, but it was, she has a fashion advice. God, I think I went to every one of their shows that I could once I knew of them. Um, I still unironically listen to their music. The good, some good boys. The, the dudes in the band were all super cool. Oh, there was this one band I remember called the Chicago Outfit that was local to here. Super cool band. I, I miss it a lot. <laughs> There's one song I can't find anywhere. Um, not even on YouTube. I think it's called, like, The Enforcer or something like that. That was a good one. Um, definitely my all-time... Uh, I've been to, like... Of course, I've been to Warp Tour three times. Warp Tour has been pretty great. Um, saw Smash Mouth. That was a fucking... That was a party. That was a riot. I saw them for free. Um, when I f- saw Seether, I saw Flyleaf. But my favorite shows that I've ever been to, um... This year at Warp Tour, State Champs, which is my one of my number two, one of my two favorite bands, State Champs, um, their set was fucking incredible. Like it was so so good. They played so many great songs. I had a migraine. Like I, someone roundhouse kicked me in the back of the head. Um, that was a fucking awful, terrible migraine. But I was so stoked with their set. I knew every fucking song. I was, like, singing along. I was having a party. There was some guy in a fucking, um, Hank the Pigeon mask. I don't, if you don't listen to the Wonder Years, or if you're not big into the pop, into the pop punk scene, you wouldn't under, like, understand. I hate to be that person. <laughs> but, uh, Hank the Pigeon is, like, their, f- kind of their mascot. I think they've kind of phased him out. He's not really in their style, but the Wonder Years. Um, but Hank will always mean something to them, I know. But uh, some guy had a pigeon mask on. I moshed for the first time since I was, like, 17. Um, and it was funny because my brain was like, you're having so much fun. Oh, my God, this is so much fun. And then my body was like, not nah, bitch, you're not a teen anymore. You're dying. 
it was a bad time. <laughs> but no, it was a lot of fun. I had a really great time. But my favorite show I've ever been to, and it's actually a very, very recent one, was when I saw The Wonder Years. Um, The Wonder Years is my... I, I I love state champs. They are just they are they are so close. But the Wonder Years is my favorite band. I love them so much. Um, that was a very very cool experience. So I went with Erica. We drove three hours to Berkeley. Um, we we stayed in Berkeley for the day. Kind of walked around. Um, cool little site. You know, I would love to. I would love to go there again on like a like a better day because it was kind of gross out and like cloudy, and I would like to go there without like the time restraints um parking garages close there i don't know if like parking garages close and wherever you guys are listening to but it's weird um i live in reno of course i've said a thousand times and i'll probably say a thousand times again things don't close here <laughs> that's not a thing that happens um my best friend ronnie lives in auburn right and things close at like five thirty, and i'm like what in the heck nothing does that here <laughs> So parking garages specifically, they don't close. Like, it's not a thing. They do not close. There's no time limit on them. Um, but parking garages in Berkeley do. And I was like, what in the hell? And one of the, the one we parked in was closed, closing at midnight. And that scared me a lot. I was like, what if we don't get out of here? Because when I say they close, there's not like a gate that you like push and they let you release your car. Um, no, you're locked in there. Like, you, ha- you have to wait until 6 o'clock in the morning to get your car. And I'm like, that's not happening. I'm in a strange town. I don't know. Fuck the fuck out of here with that nonsense. Um, but I would love to visit it again. But regardless of that, um, we got there. I bought VIP tickets because, again, The Wonder Years is my favorite band. The VIP tickets were $65. That's crazy insane to me. Like, that is so, so good price. So good priced. Wow. The English I speak, she is so good. <laughs> um, it was really, really well priced. So I got, we got like a commemorative key tag. We got a group photo with the Wonder Years, which was amazing. So how it worked is everybody who bought a VIP, they put us into a big group. And um, we got like a special VIP set that was played of songs that were requested by VIPs. And they picked five of them. And I remember, so my, one of my very favorite songs by the Wonder Years is called Cigarettes and Saints. And it reminds me of my grandparents. Um, It's a very, very poignant song beautiful beautiful song I cry every time I hear it um if you get a chance to listen to it you definitely should should give it a listen it's really really powerful um pardon me so I requested cigarettes and saints and it's 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 a decently long song it's a little bit longer than some of their other ones and Erica requested one of their songs called I won't say the lord's prayer and so they're pulling literally pulling suggestions out of a hat and um, Eric and I are right up at the very front. Like, I'm fucking ecstatic. I'm so excited. It's not very hard to be at the very front. There's not that many people like there would be at, a, at the regular concert. Um, so we get in and they're playing and they, they start pulling the songs out of the hat. And they pull out one and they're like, oh, that one's too long. We'll be here forever. And I'm like, okay, they pulled out Cigarettes and Saints. That's fine. You know, it's totally cool. Um, and then I think the next one or the one right, like... The, the one, the other one after that, I don't, like, every other, that's what I'm trying to say, but I can't be English, so two after that, there we go, um, <laughs> they pulled I Won't Say the Lord's Prayer, and Erica freaked out, she was so excited, I was so excited for her, so they played their, um, five songs, it was a really, really great, great set, um, they played one song that I, I thought was gonna be on the actual set list, which is one of their songs, Logan Circle, which is the first song I ever heard by them, um, that was really, really nice to hear live. That was amazing. Um, 
And so they ended up kind of rounding us all up into a group. And then the ba- the band members all came down. And I love every single member of that band. I, I could tell you every a- any one of their names. I love every single member of that band. I follow them all on Instagram, all on, on Twitter. There's something about Soupy Campbell that is specifically draws me in. I think it's because I've followed him for the longest. Um, his ideals like as as a human being really he's a very compassionate person he's a very very thoughtful person and he's a person who he's incredibly progressive he's incredibly intelligent and there's something about him that's always drawn me in and I I hate to be that person who's like oh yeah no it's the lead singer and I love him um but it's it's true like there's something about him that I've always loved I had the biggest like crush on him when I was in middle school I still think he is just like the cutest cutest honeybee in the whole hive I love him to bits and pieces I don't know what deities I have pleased in my life but Dan Campbell Soupy Campbell came and stood directly in front of me and Erica and I almost I almost jumped, my bones almost jumped out of my body. I was so excited. <laughs> um, there's a, I have a picture of me and Erica, because you can see it in the group photo, and I took one and I cropped it out, and then I, of course, kept the regular group photo. Um, you can see the look on my face. I'm so excited. He's down there kneeling. He looks as cute as possible. It's just the best picture. I, I was, it was incredible. I, I lost my mind. I almost started crying the second I walked in, and then when that happened, it was, oh, I am an emotional person. I cry if you look at me the wrong way. I cry if my cat won't cuddle with me. The fact that I didn't cry until they actually started playing um, for the actual set surprised me. Um, so we, they kind of like let us back out. We got to stand in the very front. And then um, they started letting people in probably about 20 minutes after that. And Erica and I, because we were VIPs, we got to go up to the very front of the line. Um, we got all of our stuff. So we got a commemorative key tag. I got a signed copy of their new album, Sister Cities, which, by the way, you should give a listen. Amazing. Just, oh, my God. Amazing album. The whole, Everything by them. Their whole discography is, is incredible. I own every single album because I'm uh, me. <laughs> um, so... We got a signed copy, we got a commemorative key tag, which was really, really cool. We got a screen-printed tour map for the Sister Cities tour. Um, and then Erica, because she's a fucking rock star, I was like, please go save us a spot in the, in the, in the, in the front, which she totally did. She went and got us a spot, because I, um, I bought a little under $200 worth of merch, because I, me, as a person, have no self-control. Um, so I... <laughs> Um, I got up there, we were at the very, very front, like, I was, like, like, absolutely, like, chest to chest with a security guard, almost, (laughs) super cool security guard, by the way, super awesome dude, um, gotta say, the UC Theater, uh, in Berkeley, top-notch employees, like, everybody there was really, really cool, um, I kept calling and annoying them, I felt I was so annoying, because I kept having to call and, like, ask questions about stuff, because I'd never been there, the guy who picked up was super nice, the security guard, all the people who helped out with checking us in, top notch, if I don't really do Yelp reviews, because I, uh, suck, but I would give you guys five stars, super sweet, super sweet little place, anywho, um, so the bands that they played with were Warriors, Tiny Moving Parts, Tiger's Jaw, which was amazing, oh my god, it was so great to see Tiger's Jaw live, um, and then of course the Wonder Years, and so the Wonder Years, they, the song that Erica and I 
decided we needed to go to that concert um, was their newer song called Pyramids of Salt, which is on the Sister Cities album. Um, they start playing. There's like a fog machine going. It starts out very like kind of low and quiet and slow. Amazing song. And Dan Campbell, my sweet angel soupy, comes out just arms spread like an eagle just it just this absolute picture of elegance and just like incredible he's like he's just a shadow in these lights and the fog and he starts singing and Eric and I lost it I think about that moment every single day and every time that song comes on I get chills um so they played pyramids of salt which is amazing my aunt um my aunt had just passed away when we saw the Wonder Years um, a little while before we saw them, which was really, really hard. Um, But there was a song, um, there's a specific song by them called Raining in Kyoto that reminds me of my my mom, or my my aunt, my grandma, and my mom, actually. Um, For those of you who don't know, my my mom passed away when I was very young. My grandma passed away when I was 19, and... um, or 20. I was 20, I believe. Hold on my right. No, I, yeah, I was 20. Um, my, my grandma passed away when I was 20, and my aunt just passed away recently in April. Um, and there's a, the chorus of Raining in Kyoto goes, um, You're half asleep, and I brought you a radio to drown out the machines. Um, hospital lights, you asked about the weather, which they'd let you go outside. And that part makes me think of my aunt every time. And then there's kind of like a, a another chorus I guess you'd call it and it goes you're half awake and I brought you a radio to play the blues away with my hand to hold you asked about the weather which they'd let you die at home which reminds me of my grandma and my mom um don't mind me if I get a little (laughs) teary-eyed and I think about them every time I listen to it and they played raining in Kyoto and that was powerful and incredible um they just they played every single song I wanted to hear that night except for cigarettes and saints and so Erica and I were a little worried, like, if it goes on too long, we have to leave to get our car. And the more we thought about it, the more we were like, there's so many people probably parked in that parking garage. If they tried to close it at 12, they would have a nightmare on their hands. So we decided then and there, probably about 30 minutes into the set, that we weren't leaving. That we were going to be there for the encore. Um, So the encore comes on. And the very last song they played, they I, I I can't remember if they played a song for Ernest Hemingway or a song for Patsy Cline. Um, and then right after that, the very last song they played, the lasting note that I got to leave off on, the, the, the feeling that I got to leave with from this already incredible show was hearing Cigarettes and Saints live. And I, I cried through the whole show, but there was something about that that just stuck with me. And and I I've never I'll never forget it. I've never forgotten it. I've probably never stopped talking about it. Um that was an amazing experience for me. I, I kept telling Erica the whole night, I was like, that was a religious experience. Um I I just love them so much. And that they've gotten me through a lot of really rough days. And I, I think about getting through high school because of them. Um, there's a really great song by them that makes me think of a friend of mine, um, called Thanks for the Ride, which is, again, they, their album No Closer to Heaven, um, is a very, very close album to my heart, 
because it kind of deals with loss and grief, which are unfortunately mistresses I'm very, very familiar with. Um, that's the, that's the album that, um, Cigarettes and Saints is from. Um, I'm, maybe it's a little weird, but I'd love to recite some of, uh, Cigarettes and Saints for you guys, because I just need you to know, like, why it affects me so much, and specifically, it makes me think of my grandparents, um, so I'm gonna pull up those lyrics really quick, I'm not gonna recite the whole thing, really just, like, kind of the main first two verses, um, but there are parts that make me think of my mom and my, my grandparents specifically, um, and there's a really, give me just a moment, there's a really, there's a line that every time I hear it, I'm like, that's my grandpa, um, it's just such a, I know I keep saying this, is such a powerful song, I'm, I know, I'm just rambling, you guys, but thanks for listening to me, and, and I want to take this moment while I'm kind of finding these lyrics to tell you guys how much we appreciate you. We really appreciate you guys listening and tuning in and letting us kind of be a part of your day. Um, we, we're not sure how big our audience is, but we love every single one of you, one of you weirdos. We love having you, and we hope that you continue to make us a part of your daily routine, part of your daily schedule, and we love, we love all of you, and it, we, we love having you here. So the the lyrics for the for the first couple of verses that really just stick to my heart are as follows. Twice a week I pass by the church that held your funeral and the pastor's words come pouring down like rain. How he called you a sinner and said now you walk with Jesus so the drugs that you took your life on don't cause you any pain. I don't think he even knew your name. And I refuse to kneel and pray. I won't remember you that way. Well, I lit you a candle in every cathedral across Europe. And I hope you know you're still my patron saint. I tried to forgive, but I can't forget the cigar in his fist. And I know that they were heartsick, but I need someone to blame. And I know how they blame me. And I know what you'd say. You'd tell me it was your fault and I should put all my arrows away. I'm sure there ain't a heaven, but that don't mean I don't like to picture you there. I'll bet you're bumming cigarettes off saints. And I'm sure that you're still singing. And I'll bet that you're still just a bit out of key. That crooked smile pushing words across your teeth. Because you were heat lightning. Yeah, you were a storm that never rolled in. You were the northern lights in a southern town. A caustic, fleeting thing. I'll bury your memories in the garden. and Watch them grow with the flowers in spring. I'll keep you with me. And... It's just specifically the line, um, and I'm sure you're still singing, and I'll bet that you're still just a bit out of key with that crooked smile pushing words across your teeth. Every time I hear that, it makes me think of my grandpa. He used to sing to my grandma, and he knew he couldn't sing, and you're funny if you think that would stop him. And he would sing Johnny Cash to her, or or Conway Twitty, or whatever he could think of, and he just sang to her, and she always acted like she was a little embarrassed, and you always knew she wasn't, and it was just, it's a good memory of them, and I love, I God, I miss them so much, um, I lit you a candle in every cathedral across Europe, and I hope you know you're still my patron saint, Uh, makes me think of my mom and my grandma, every single time I hear it, um, my grandma, uh, 
I, I loved my mom, and, but specifically a little bit more my grandma um, with this line because my grandma was, she was my everything. She was, she was my patron saint. She was my lifesaver. She was, my grandma was my best friend. Um, and then this line specifically, because um, you were heat lightning, you were a storm that never rolled in, you were the northern lights in a southern town, a caustic fleeting thing. Every time it makes me think of my grandma. Um, it, it's just a very emotional song. It's a very song that's very... It's a song that's very near and dear to my heart. Um, and I wish that I had had the chance to tell them um, how powerful and how much it meant to me. And I, I, I know people hear this a lot, but their music, it helped me out a lot. And it helps me out still. Um, I didn't mean to get heavy again. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I, I deal with, I've dealt with grief a lot in my, my younger years, and, um, I actually would love to become a, like, a volunteer grief counselor, um, so it's, it's something that is second nature to me, and it, it almost isn't, it's not hard to talk about anymore, and it's very, it's kind of a strange limbo I'm in, because I don't want to make people uncomfortable, but I also don't feel weird talking about it, um, but yeah, so speaking of grief, it's it's I'm in a I'm in a group called like Pop Punk Kids on Facebook because I again I'm pop punk trash, but absolute pop punk garbage, <laughs> absolute pop punk garbage, and um I was kind of in a like weird headspace. I unfortunately had to pick up a death certificate for my mom. Um, my mom passed away in two thousand four. Um, and seeing it was a really, really weird, really, really hard experience. Um, and like, I got really sad and I was in this group and I was like, hey, do you guys have pop punk songs that, you know, um, you listen to when you're grieving someone you love? And one specifically that someone recommended to me was One Step at a Time by Four Years Strong. Four Years Strong is already one of my favorite bands. I don't know how I'd never heard this song. Um... So, there's a line and it says, every year November gets closer and every year it gets a little bit colder. And I'm like, oh my god, it struck me in right in my heart. Because my grandma was born in November. And she'd never let you forget she was born in November. Because she'd never let you forget she was a Sagittarius and she'd never let you forget she was left-handed. Um, so, that line gets me. And there's um, the chorus goes... One step at a time, one foot in front of the other. I'm going to get through this one way or another. Because I know it's warmer where you are. And because no matter how far the view, I still always look up to you. And that, of course, makes me think of my grandmama. Um, and then there's a, a bridge and it just... It fucks me up every time. I still love this song so much. Um, I'll never forget the day when my heart fell from my chest. It was the moment that I said goodbye and I laid your body to rest. I'll never take this life for granted. I'm living it for two. And since you're, since you're always the one who sang the songs, I'll be singing this one for you. Um, so it's, it's again, it's a very near and dear song to me. Um, I've listened to it probably 87 times since someone introduced it to me. Um... Yeah, sorry to be rambling, you guys. I hope you that I hope this episode's not the worst episode of our entire podcast career. <laughs> um, 
But yeah, I guess the last last little topic we'll cover, I mentioned earlier, um, today on True Life, I was a teenage scene queen. <laughs> I really was. It was a bad time. So when I was, my, my parents um, growing up, what little I remember of my mom, my mom was really into classic rock, but she was also into like Metallica and Slayer and Megadeth and stuff like this. And then my dad, oh my God. My dad loved the Eagles, and he loves... Oh, my God, my dad loves Carlos Santana. He loves Santana more than he loves me. Like, <laughs> he... I saw Santana once, um, again, an amazing concert. I saw Santana in, like, 2013 or... Th- like, 2014 or so. Um, oh, wow, I, that's way off. Like, 2011 or 2012 um, with, my, with one of my friends, and my dad was so mad at me when I told him. He was so mad I didn't take him. Um, but my dad, he's really into, like, the Scorpions and Motley Crue, so I come from a family that's really into, like, hard rock and and rock and roll and things like that, and then growing up, my sister Rika, um, she got really, really into Panic! at the Disco. Like, Panic! at the Disco and the Beatles are her favorite bands. Um, she would absolutely, she would back her car into a fab, like, explosive factory for Brendan Urie. No one blames her. <laughs> um so she got into like a very alternative style and she got very into like the emo kind of style and I I really really wanted to be just like my sister of course I did so I got into that and she would put eyeliner on me all the time and um I slowly but surely started to kind of find my own way and find my own path in like music um as she got older she kind of diverged more into like the classic rock and like the, the Beatles and things like that, and now she's very she's very lo-fi and like, like, I don't know, like vaporwave. Is that a music genre? If it is, that's what she's into. And I'm very, I veered off like I really liked Good Charlotte and things like that. And then I was really big into God. I was so big into Linkin Park. Linkin Park was my favorite band for the longest time. Um, and I kind of found my path into. I was listening to, like, hardcore music, like, Asking Alexandria, and things that were popular then. And slowly but surely, I found my niche, which is, I love everything. Pop punk is my home, I always say. Um, sometimes I'll get into, like, right now I'm on a classic rock kick, um, and I love all genres of music. I was on a hip-hop kick for a long time, but pop punk is my home. Um, so I kind of found myself, as I was getting into middle school, I found a different kind of vibe from my sister kind of started to be my own person kind of thing and that I was very drawn to the scene style I love the big big dumb hair (laughs) the Jared the Goblin King hair and I loved the big neon makeup and like the neon clothes and all that kind of stuff and oh god all those scene kids like they were so adorable I thought they were so gorgeous and I wanted to be just like them um and I would put little, like, raccoon tails in my hair with mascara. I let one of my friends cut my hair into this god-awful, like, layered thing. Um, I I remember I had very, str- I have very, very straight hair, and it was very blonde. And, God, I was like, I look like a Barbie. Um, it was just the stupidest thing. And when we got into high school, um, God, Erica remembers this, I'm sure. We can talk to her about it when she gets back. So when I got into high school, um, I made a very smart decision. So when I was, <laughs> I bleached out all my hair and I colored my bangs pink. And then we went to this hot spring 
me and my family did. And when we got back, I was like, oh, I think the pink is faded. And I remember because Erica had purple and black hair. And I remember thinking how good it looked. And her hair was all black. And then the bangs were purple. And I was like, I want to do that. Because I, of course, I was a trend. I was a trendsetter. Nobody had had that hair before except Erica, who I was very close friends with. Whatever. No. <laughs> um. So I box colored all of my hair black. Here's here's what I did. Now that I'm a hairstylist, every time I think about this, I want to act. I want to actively like go back in time and push my younger self off a bridge. Um. I instead of box coloring box black everything that was not pink um and leaving that out and then putting purple over that no i no baby no no what i did <laughs> i colored everything everything box black and then rebleached my bangs and then put purple over those and if you see pictures of me from that time frame my bangs are actual horse hair they were so fucked up like you could pull them if they were wet and they would just come off in your hand it turned to like gum in my hand when it was wet um I it was fried and everyone would tell me how fried it was and I'd be like you don't need to tell me um it was a really bad time for me as a person and as a concept um (laughs) yeah that was a bad hair time um I hate myself so much um, and then when I got into the 10th grade, I had went to, I'd gone to get my hair cut. I wanted it like more, like a little bit, just a little bit shorter and kind of choppy, like same thing layer. Oh no. Homegirl cut my hair all the way up to the, to the back of my fucking neck. Like it was so short. It's the shortest I've ever had my hair. Um, so I did what any good scene, scene kid would do. And I got extensions and I bought some clip-in extensions off a friend of mine and I wore those and that started a very long love affair with extensions and I would wear I wore extensions until halfway through my senior year of high school um and I loved them I still think about getting some sometimes my hair is actually pretty long right now so I'm not I'm not gonna do that um but I really thought about getting some and just paint like dyeing them neon green to match my hair um as a stylist now, though, realistically, I know that wouldn't be a very smart idea because my hair is going to fade faster than the extensions. Um, but anywho, so in the 11th grade, I colored all of my hair half or I all of my hair. I colored my hair half purple, half pink or half blue, half pink. I mean, and then I did half purple, half pink. And that was like the like 11th grade was when I reached my peak scene days um I had like half green half half black hair and like half purple half black hair and like all these half and halves and all this kind of stuff and um by my senior year of high school I was completely blonde and I had um I had half blonde half purple hair for, for a while and then I got a lead in the high school musical and I had to have all blonde hair, so I bleached it all out. And that started a big, long love affair with being blonde. And I was only blonde for a long time. And when I, um, I had blonde, and I would, like, dip dye the bottoms with color. Because I worked at, like, um, and I worked in an arcade, and I couldn't have the color. So I would put it up into a bun, and I would put a fake bun over it. <laughs> um, so, yeah, no, I wore some very questionable things. I listened to questionable music. I... 
I was a very questionable person. And one of my kind of trademark things that everyone will bring up when they remind me of my scene days, they'd be like, yeah, but like whenever anyone would say you were seen, you would say you weren't seen. Listen, <laughs> you couldn't, it's, it's like that video of Avril Lavigne where she's like, being punk rock is like, saying that you're punk rock is like the least punk rock thing you can do. It's the same thing, it's the same concept, saying that you're seen is the least seen thing you can do. I had to deny it for, for, for clout, which was not called that at the time. Um, <laughs> so yeah, um, it was a, it was a time. If you want to see pictures, they're on my Instagram somewhere. You're going to have to dig through there though. Um, so yeah, with that, I'm going to kind of end the episode. Thank you guys for listening to me ramble for approximately 40 minutes. Um, again, this episode did get kind of heavy in some spots. Um, if you are in, um, in a bad state of mind, I'm going to have some, some local, or some local, some national um, crisis hotlines listed in the description. Um, you can find me um, on Instagram and Twitter at Hero Turned Human. You can find me on Tumblr at Heartset West. And you can find me um, wherever books are sold. <laughs> so thank you guys so much for listening. Um, please leave a rating and a review. It really helps out the show. Five-star ratings are always great. Anything less we understand, just let us know what to work on. Um, again, thanks so much for listening, you guys, and I really appreciate you. And next week, Erica will be back, and I'm sure we get to hear all about hockey and all about Dallas and all about the fun stuff that she did there. And I look forward to having her back. And if she's listening to this right now, because she might be driving home when this is published, Erica, I'm excited for you to come home, and I'm going to make spooky hot chocolate when you get home, because it's Spooktober. <laughs> Alrighty, guys. Oh, and also drive safe. All right. All right, guys, thanks so much for listening, and uh, get weird. <laughs>